and that's your community announcement. It's Sunday, it's seven o'clock, and time for the Scots Wehe Show.
that was Simple Minds and the American from the 1981 album Sister Feelings Call, which was released alongside Sons in Fascination. Simple Minds were incredibly prolific at that time, releasing eight albums over a six-year period. And if you want to know all about the band at that time, Graham Thompson's brilliant book, Themes for Great Cities, is now available in paperback, and it's a cracking read. Welcome to the Scots Wehey Show on Cam Glen Radio. My name is Ali Braidwood and for the next couple of hours I'll be playing you the very best Scottish music, both old but mainly brand new. We have all our regular features. Our artists of the week are Rona Stevens and Joseph Peach and I'll be talking to both as well as playing tracks from their new album Fragments in Time. The featured album is Monument Road by Quitter. I'll play a couple of tracks from it. And we've got book, TV, podcast and gig recommendations for your consideration. But let's begin, as we always do, with three of the best new releases, starting with the Lorettes, and this is Witches. Yeah. 
And the first of those three new releases was The Lorettes and Witches. The Lorettes are Lauren O'Donoghue and Lynette Beaton from down in Verclyde Way. As is I Am David Lang, um, David's from Guruk. That was We Lie and the other side is Maybe, Maybe. And I'm hoping we'll get David on the show soon to have a chat with us. And just there, you heard Jane Blanchard and Sadie and King of Small Town. And Jane Blanchard opened for Quitter at the launch of the latter's album Monument Road at the Glad Cafe in Glasgow last week. And Monument Road is our featured album for this week, so more on that later on. And actually, at that gig, I bumped into Lily from Postco Prom Queen, and they have a new single out, and this is it. This is I See No Gods Up Here.
that was post-call prom queen and their new single, I See No Gods Up Here, taken from their brilliant album, Music for First Contact. And the launch of that was an unforgettable night, actually. Now it's time for our book recommendation, which is Brodie by Gillian Sheriffs, and it's published by Into Books. Here's a bit from the back cover to let you know what's going on. A 30-year journey of love, loss and the perils of being an object in a human world. Brodie is the irresistible story of six women whose lives intertwine over three decades, told by Brodie, the beloved object that connects them all. On a spring day in 1988, Sandra Galbraith runs her long, curious fingers over a bookshelf tightly packed with the titles of her favourite writer, Muriel Spark. She's on a quest to find the perfect birthday gift for her niece Violet and plucks Brodie, a pristine new copy of The Prime of Miss Jean Brodie, from a neat cluster of identikit books. Brodie adores Violet and, over the next two years, hidden in plain sight, learns family secrets of betrayal and a double life. When Violet leaves for university, her brother kidnaps Brodie to give to his disinterested love interest. On the 30-year journey that follows, Brodie passes through hands and lives and is witness to death, sex and a wicked stepmother. And it's such an unusual and inspired idea to have a sentient book who has passed from one person to the next. That way we get introduced to some memorable characters but never really get the full story until the end. And even then we are aware other options would have been available if Brodie had taken a different journey. The way Gillian Sheriffs manages to weave these stories together is masterful and it's difficult to believe this is a debut. By meeting these six women at pivotal points in their lives, Brodie explores life, death, love, grief, wonderful highs and terrible lows, friendship, betrayal and so much more. For a book about a book, it's one of the most human novels you'll read this year. It's published by Into Books and all profits go to the Beatson Cancer Charity and it is well worth seeking out a copy. That's me talking about Brodie by Gillian Sheriffs and it's available now with Into Books and in most good bookstores. We return to the new music and actually this came out a couple of weeks ago I think but I had to play it for you. It's the new single by Jack Callum Richardson and it's called No Words.
Well, first you heard Jack Callum Richardson, who you may know from the Hoojamamas, but that's his latest solo single, No Words. And just there, you heard the latest from the Brontes called He's Not Racist, which is released with Last Night from Glasgow. And I do love the Brontes even more with each new release. That's another belter. Now it's time for Ali's Comfort Break. That time in every show where I play you a track longer than those usually played on the radio. And this time it's the full 7 minutes and 24 seconds of Sun on Cold Skin by Juliet Lemoyne.
And that was Juliette Lemoyne, and apologies if I'm not pronouncing that correctly, and Sun on Cold Skin, and it's taken from the Scottish Album the Year Award long-listed album, Soaring. And if you enjoyed that track, do check out the album, because it's fantastic. It's absolutely gorgeous. And that was Ali's Comfort Break for this week. Another new release next from the wonderful Becky Sacasa. This is Wait Up. I'm sick and tired of waiting Waiting to grow There must be a fast track For those with the cash I look around and it seems Like everyone's done it While I'm still running Chasing childhood dreams You don't need to I might be a while Now it's sooner but later I'll have what's mine, mine, mine You don't need to wait up I might be a while I might not have the money But I've got time, time, time Oh, I've got time, time, time I'm so damn bored of a paper I've been trying to chase up There must be a fast track For those with the nerve Or car and a mortgage And on the way They bet on a sure thing While I tape on my single Like a millennial You don't need to wait up be a while, not sooner but later, I'll have what's mine, 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 it's only to wait up, I might be a while, I might not have the money, but I've got time, 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 you don't need to wait up, I've got time, time, time. You don't need to wait up I've got time, time, time You don't need to wait up I've got time, time, time You don't need to wait up I've got time, time, time You don't need to wait up Don't wait up You don't need to wait up 
that's so good to play you that again that was Mima Mero and Almost Home um, taken from the album of the same name which came out a year ago this week I believe and before that you heard Wait Up the latest single from Becky Sikasa and Becky's going to be playing Summer Hall in Edinburgh on the 3rd of November but I'm sure tickets will go fast for that so if you want to see her play live that's your chance now it's time for our TV recommendation for this week and it's just a beautiful piece of telly. It's Hamza Strictly Birds of Prey. Here's a bit more about it. Wildlife cameraman Hamza Yassin travels across the UK to track down and attempt to film his favourite birds, our birds of prey. His journey takes him from the wilds of Scotland to the heart of Ealing Borough in Greater London. Along the way, he meets a host of old friends, dedicated conservationists and fellow filmmakers whose love for the natural world shines through. It's a beautiful programme, whether you like nature programmes or not, and how could you not, but when they're done this well, and Hamza himself is just such lovely company, if you think you know the name but you're not sure where, he did win Strictly Come Dancing last year, but this is his job and his first love being a wildlife cameraman, and particularly filming these birds of prey. And you can see in the way he talks about them, and even in his face, just what they mean to him. The programme's called Hamza, Strictly Birds of Prey, and it's available on iPlayer at the moment. And if you're wanting your spirits lifted, then it's the perfect programme to do just that. You're listening to the Scots Way Show on Cam Glen Radio with me, Ali Braidwood. And now we move on to our featured album for this week. And it's Quitter's Monument Road. And from it, this is Open Sesame. Show me the first one again. Yeah, I think that's it. I always do. Heard something die. Tell me why 
and that was Quitter and Open Sesame taken from the album Monument Road which is our featured album for this week and I'll play another track from it later on in the show. And I mentioned earlier that Quitter launched the album at the Glad Cafe in Glasgow last week where they were supported by Jane Blanchard who you heard earlier and this next band this is Lovers Turn to Monsters and Right. <laughs> Yeah. 
And that was Lovers Turn to Monsters and Right from the album Giraffe, which came out last year, I think. And if you don't know it, you should investigate. Now it's time for our Artists of the Week, who are Rona Stevens and Joseph Peach. And I'll be chatting to them in a moment after you've heard the current single from their album Fragments in Time. This is The Shepherd.
And you've just heard The Shepherd by Rona Stevens and Joseph Peach, which is taken from their album Fragments in Time, which was released this week. And I'm delighted to be joined by Rona and Joseph now. Hello, both. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having us. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. So before we talk about the album, how did you come to make music together? I guess that's kind of a long story spanning quite a few years. Um, Rona and I actually met when we were in high school. Um, we both studied at the National Centre for Excellence in Traditional Music up in Plopton. Um, and so I guess we were there for at the same time and then kind of life took us in different directions for quite a while. And then just right at the start of 2020, um, Rona and I moved into a flat together um, my flatmate had moved out and Rona had taken his room sort of thing. And then I guess it was, what was it, like three weeks later? Um, it locked down. Lockdown happened and we were like, oh, oh, this is happening now. <laughs> and I guess um, kind of kind of in the weeks that followed, you know, there was all of the stages of madness in early lockdown of kind of climbing the walls and just being like, what, what on earth is going on sort of thing. And then... Um, I guess kind of a few weeks in, we just kind of went into the studio together with um, with a song. And I think it's that. I think it's important to also point out, like we went to a trad music school in the middle of nowhere, um, but then as Joe says, we kind of went our separate ways for years. Um, so you know, like eight years or something like mm-hmm. that, and then. Um, we did extremely different things with like our music making um and so when when lockdown kind of came came to be we we had about eight years to catch up on because we we, (laughs) like we knew of each other we were in the same school we were in a boarding environment it was really intense but we didn't actually we didn't actually become pals during that Mm -hmm. time if that makes sense um so it was kind of starting from scratch with this understanding that we both had real deep root in traditional music. Um, so so it was kind of interesting to, to even like broach the subject of what would it look like if we made music together? Because I was really exploring more like sort of indie style songwriting and Joe's doing loads and loads of instrumental kind of folk trad stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as Joe says, we went down to the the studio, which was um, a loophole for us. Obviously, the restrictions were so strict um, on what you could and couldn't do. I mean, you couldn't even sit on a park bench. But I was lucky to be kind of renting um, a kind of wee wee basement in the south side that um, four of us kind of used as a little kind of production studio and rehearsal space sort of thing. And because we could kind of go there without seeing anyone and it was close enough to the house, it was it was totally allowed within all of the different types of restrictions that happened over all of that time. So Yeah, so we went from, like, because we were working and living and, like, hanging out in our living room, essentially. Um, so we needed somewhere else to go. Yeah. Um, by this point, we'd identified that we got along quite well, so that was good. <laughs> um, so we went to the studio, um, and um, I think... Just we kind of messed around for quite a long time. Yeah, I mean the album that we're that's that's just released. Um, that um, that's maybe the fourth version of some of these songs. Like I think it started life as a very like surrounding the lyrics. It was very kind of 
based on samples and electronic sounds. A lot of tongue-in-cheek, like, stuff. Like, a a hell of a lot of time was spent in that studio, like, drinking cans and, like, (laughs) messing around with synths um, and just kind of seeing what happened. Um, Eventually, something more serious happened, and we were like, oh, well, maybe we could set this to this Violet Jacob um, poem. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I think... I think the actual project concept was born out of a conversation we had in our living room, like drinking some Bollinger champagne. <laughs> um, we're like, oh, well, you know, like I've gone off and done really different things. It would be lovely whilst there's this time um, to kind of like go back to exploring like Scott singing. Um, yeah. Cause that's something I really, really, really enjoyed um, for its, um, well, the way I relate to Scott's song is I think that you can really step into like characters and be become the story. I think that's what I liked about it. Um and then for yourself, you were talking about how how you wanted to explore more more synthesized sound and mm-hmm. samples mm-hmm. and and creating soundscapes as opposed to a kind of a role as an accompanist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's kinda that's how it began. So is the studio where um, I've seen the, the video for Luck of the Hill, is that where that's filmed? So no. that's actually that was actually filmed and most of the final recording of the album happened where we're sitting now, which is kind of at the bottom end of the living room of our flat. That's kind of how I imagined it. But then just as you were saying that, I wondered, because it's quite, you've got quite a bit of equipment there. I mean, yeah. I can understand now how you managed to do it <laughs> at home. So um yeah so the the studio was a funny one that was what we were working <laughs> until I don't know if you remember in like late summer 2021 um there was we just had a day of like absolutely biblical rain right. um, and the studio being a basement just kind of filled up with water so we got a phone call from our neighbors who are like you've got to come right now there's a foot of water in our basement so your basement's probably going to be the same so we were actually um at our local vaccination center in the mosque just south of the river getting our third vaccine and we'd just been um vaccinated we're sitting on our chairs waiting to go and we got this call being like the studio's flooded. <laughs> There's like probably up north of a hundred grand worth of gear floating right now. <laughs> Joe's brand new Yamaha was in the water. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we had a very emergency decant the studio afternoon and thankfully some strong neighbours came and lifted the piano onto some bricks so it was out of the water. <laughs> um and then the studio migrated to everyone's living rooms. So I know that everyone else kind of did the same thing, just kind of made home studio setups so but it's important to note that we had a full um full album length demo sketched out by this point right. so so we had the space to 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 make that happen at least um to get it into some sort of shape yeah so tell us about uh, the, the the album itself i know you've mentioned violet jacob and our work is an inspiration to it isn't it behind it yeah, so all of the songs on the album, um, there's seven songs and kind of five more instrumental kind of linking tracks. Um, all of the songs are settings of poetry by Violet Jacob, who was a Scots writer kind of active at the late half of the 19th century into the 20th century. 
I think that's right. Yeah. And I just like as it happened, um, I was talking about um, Violet Jacob because um, I think I was just talking about how my favourite Scott song of all time is a poem of hers that was already set to song uh, called Baltic Street. Um, and I, I was just sort of telling Joe one evening, very like in passing about how how great that song was and my fondness for it because I learnt it when I was 13 at the music school from uh, legendary Scott singer Mick West. Right. Um, he was my tutor and um, I think... I, for, for whatever reason, that song always stuck with me. Like he taught me so many, but that one for me always was like, "This is great." This like kind of encompasses all that I love about Scott's song. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and Joe happened to have a book of Violet Jacob poems, so it kind of was like, "Yeah, let's let's make these our kind of through line yeah. for making something." Um, um, so. That's the songs, I guess. That's where they came from. And most of them are haven't been set to song before and are melodies that either Rona's written or we've kind of come up with together sort of thing. I think there's two songs on there. One of them, Baltic Street, we wrote a new melody for. And the other one, which already exists and has existed as a song for a very long time, is The Wild Geese, I think also known as Norland Wind. Mm-hmm. Um, that's... I think Jim Reed wrote the melody to that, mm-hmm. um, and we've c- kept it. Yeah, I mean, like it's a slight reinterpretation. Um, I haven't done exactly the same melody, but it it's yeah. it's the essence of that. Um, um, it's a classic. Yeah, it's great. And um, the and the first song we brought we started on for this album was um, "Lurk of the Hill," um, which is what one of the reasons why we chose it as a single for the album. And um, it's quite nice because this uh, the Lurk of the Hill melody was something that I I just went away and did like years before the project, years before like living with Joel, um, or just something like I sat at my my kitchen table at my family's house and just thought this would be quite nice, like as a exercise to set a poem to song um, instead of just like writing a song. Um, and so really like the melody of that, like I still have the original voice recording and things. Um, it's, it kind of stayed. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. The only thing was that I had written it um, and I, originally it was me accompanying myself on guitar and it was very like major. Um, so we kind of <laughs> chilled it out um, to kind of match the mood of the rest of the, the record. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess like kind of, sonically more widely across the album it's a bit of a it's ended up being a bit of a smorgasbord of a lot of different interests of ours I think like there's certainly it has a folky element to it but I think particularly with the addition of um a kind of string quartet throughout most of it that's that's kind of allowed us to lean into some um I don't know some other areas of production yeah. and harmony that we're interested in yeah like we like I've I've mentioned Scots quite a lot because um obviously we've used a Scots poet's mm. word and we've kept that verbatim. So that's why some of the songs are a bit unusual in how the, the phrases are structured because we, we, we haven't re- rewritten her <laughs> words at all. Um, but neither of us consider it a trad album at yeah. all. It's not that. Um, it happens to be in Scots 
um, I don't even know if we'd consider it folk, maybe in a broad way. Um, right. But that's that's something really important to both of us. Um, and that's enabled us with that, with that kind of thing in mind of it not being a trad album and maybe being a broadly folk mm-hmm. thing allowed us to incorporate, you know, a whole bunch of stuff, a whole bunch of other things. <laughs> yeah. Because I was going to ask you how you would describe it, because you see, I, I was thinking, well, in the broadest sense, you could say folk because of the source material, you know, a, a, yeah. a poet and also a kind of rural poet and and, and uh, written songs as well. But that only scratches the surface to what's going on, really. There's so much more uh, um, going on and people really have to, uh, and the, even just the two songs that we're going to play, uh, played the shepherd and Lurk of the Hill, there's more than that going on. That's only giving you a slight taste. You said that you picked Lurk of the Hill because it was kind of the first track that you maybe had that would work for this project. How did you choose The Shepherd as the second? And is it a difficult thing to choose singles of an album? I think so. Well, we went round and round for quite a long time on which which ones were going to be the singles, I think. I think the kind of criteria for us in choosing was... Um, what we feel kind of in in like a little three and a half minute ish chunk encapsulates all of the themes and ideas across the record but then it's also quite accessible so um for example the first song that you'll hear when the album is out is called craigle woods that's really quite dense like in terms of like language yeah yeah like like the it's quite scots Whereas, like the shepherds, you know, like to to anyone, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's just in English, and you yeah. know, like, fair enough. Like, um, it is more accessible on the ear. Um, yeah, I think, I think also we just wanted wanted a variety. The lurk of the hill is really, really heavily arranged. There's loads and loads going on. It's nice to also have something that's just quite gentle and heartfelt. Um. Yeah, because we spent so long making this record. We've obviously gone through loads of different things in life. It's nice to have it not all just being like full on, just having um, something a bit calmer as well in there, um, a bit more reflective. It's, it's nice. So they're kind of gateway singles into the rest of the album. Uh, I, what's interesting to me is how well, I guess I shouldn't be surprised at this, but how well it works as an album as a whole. You know, it's a, a full thing, um, but again, probably because you've got this kind of single inspiration, that's partly the reason behind it. Yeah, and I think. Oh, sorry. So I, th- I was. I think the other thing as well that's made all of this, all of the kind of quite disparate elements come together is just quite a lot of time. Like, yeah. you know, it, we made it over three years, but within that, there's the you know there's probably like a lot of weeks where like after work every day. We're just in like tinkering with tiny little bits of like synth sounds and all of this sort of thing. Yeah. It was a real process, I think, of kind of um, of kind of chipping away to kind of get to this this whole thing. Because... Also, having the you know the benefit of time, like we spent, we must have had about six to eight months in the period of that three years where we essentially just like parked it, walked away, and just like left it uh, because. Uh, you know, because this is us embarking on a new project, we never worked together in a musical way before. There's a lot of learning to do. So we really needed a break from it for a bit. 
and I think we um, really benefited from having a break. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, also, another reason why I feel like it works as an album as a whole is like, um, I don't know if we've really said anywhere, but our intention is that the listener would start at the start and listen through. Yeah. Um, we designed it um, and for it to be a straight playthrough sort of album. So, you know, like park yourself on the floor like a candle and just close your eyes and have a listen sort of thing and just see what you think um yeah that's yeah. something we mentioned as well to our um katie tavini who mastered it um in terms of how how we chop things off and how things re-enter um, yeah there was it's... a lot of like bump bump the start of this track half a second later that sort of like detail to just get that kind of straight through thing really yeah as as we wanted it and I think that's uh, it really, really does work that way. And I think what you said, the kind of instrumental pieces help do that as well and kind of keep the flow going. Is it difficult to finally go, yes, this is finished, that's it? Or, you know, because I guess, I mean, not just with musicians, but with writers and all other people, it you, you could always be tinkering a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think because this is an album that's been like, you know, built up over a period of time, um, it would be, it would have been very easy to just be like, how long is this piece of string and kind of keep going um, almost indefinitely. But I think what helped us was like at the tail end of last year, we kind of set some dates for like, this is when we're going to record the strings. Then we booked the mixing engineer, Matty Folds, who also played drums on the album before we'd even finished recording all the music. So we kind of, I think towards the end gave ourselves a hard deadline because also having spent so long with it, it kind of got to a point where it was like, this has to go out now. Um, so we had three years and then inevitably, as it kind of always goes, we had that like, <laughs> like we've got no time. We've had three years, but we have no time. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So it's, it's really putting, having it out now is a really... I don't know, it's wonderful. It feels like quite a big moment because it's been with us for so long. And, um, you know, like friends who've gotten, like friends and musicians who've gotten involved, obviously we've been we, we'd talked to them about it like before and um, yeah. we pull them in for recording. And like the way we're trying to describe it, we're like, you know, it's really hard to, for us to get across what this is about and what it even sounds like based on what we're saying. And then we'd send them the demo or like the you know, like the rough sketch of what they'd be recording to. And then generally the feedback was across the board. Oh, that's totally not what I was thinking <laughs> of here. Yeah. Um, I had quite a good chat with Matty, um, our mixing engineer about that, because he's um, he's worked on both Rona's kind of um, solo, more kind of indie leaning stuff. And I've done loads with Matty, especially with my kind of duo with um, a fiddle player called Charlie Gray. Yeah. He's co-produced quite a lot of our previous albums and I chatted to Matty quite a bit about this and he was like, between knowing all of those ingredients quite well, this is the last thing <laughs> I expected to kind of come out of that collaboration. Yeah. <laughs> That's so interesting to hear because I think when you when you try and describe it to people, it's like we were talking about earlier on, it's not that easy to describe accurately. It's kind of easy to describe thematically and, you know, what's happening, but you really do have to listen to it and then go, that's kind of not like anything else I've heard, and, you know, <laughs> which is great. It's, it's fantastic to have that, I think. Yeah, it's, 
you know, I mean, we put so much care and thought um, and love into it. Like it's it's really nice that like we feel that we've made something that sounds kind of unique because yeah. it was made in a, um, a bizarre sort of landscape mm -hmm. and. Um, yeah, yeah, a mad time in life. A mad time in life, but then, like, I think it's quite nice that it, it, it feels like it is a truly unique piece of creativity that we absolutely would never have time for had yeah. it not been within, like, a pandemic, like, landscape. Yeah, but, I mean, that in itself is an interesting uh, a backdrop to the whole thing. Yeah. And the fact that, when, you know, you, you moved in, uh, Rona, in such a short space of time, thank goodness you got along. Yeah, well, it's just, it's kind of uh, crazy that we became as fast friends as we did. Um, and then given all our creative differences, like managed to find middle ground. And I think that was only just because we'd built such a strong um, friendship, you know, um, mm -hmm. and trust very, very quickly that we managed to make this kind of weird and wonderful project happen. <laughs> And are you going to play these songs live? Are there any plans? Because it's quite a big band, there's yeah. probably... I think we figured we'd... out that to do it live, we'd need... At least 13. 13 or 14 musicians. Yeah. Um, so we're we're hoping to maybe do a, um, a kind of one-off performance early next year, but that's still kind of too much under discussion to, to have any firm news. But do keep an eye out for that. It yeah. would be a really special thing, I think, to be able to perform it live. Yeah. It really would be, I think, absolutely. And sorry, Rona. No, I'd just be that like, it would be such a joy, just like a one one night wonder sort of thing. Um, we, we yeah, we have a conversation on the go, but um, it's not confirmed. So keep your fingers crossed. You know, I will keep a lookout for all the news. Well, both of you, thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat with me, and all the very best with the album, which I think is uh, fantastic. Thanks very much Thanks. and thank you for having us. Yeah, great to chat to you. It's an absolute pleasure. And this is Rona Stevens and Joseph Peach and Luck o' the Hill. Daytime and night, sun, wind and rain. The land called Lucht the spring months again.
and that was Lurk o' the Hill by Rona Stevens and Joseph Peach. And thanks again to Rona and Joseph for having a chat. And do check out Fragments in Time as it's a very special album. This is the Scots We Hate Show and my name is Ali Braidwood. And next it's the latest release from Snack Villain. This is What's Going On Here.
first of those two in a row was Snack Villain and What's Going On Here. You never quite know what you're going to get with Snack Villain, and I love that. So many influences that he brings in to his music. Snack Villain is the alias of Glasgow's Adam Scurving, in case you weren't aware. And then you heard Humour, also from Glasgow, and Big Money at Humour, formed across lockdowns, writing and recording their material at home. But that, to me, sounds like music that's meant to be seen and heard live. Now it's time for our podcast suggestion for this week. And it is the Glasgow podcast. That's G-L-A-S-G-O podcast. Here's a short description about it. There are so many successful people in Glasgow. Listen to some of those hard-working people and how they have got to the position they are in. The blood, sweat and tears that goes in to reaching your goals. And I was made aware of the Glasgow podcast because they've done a live show with the writer Graham Armstrong, one of uh, my favourite writers of recent years, as you may know. And they recorded it live at uh, Webster's Theatre in the West End of Glasgow, and the podcast have split it into two. So one came out last month, and talking about the success of Graham's novel The Young Team, and the opportunities that Graham has had to visit schools and prisons to encourage and inspire others. The second part of the podcast is a Q&A session with the audience I've listened to them both and they're excellent. So I dug a bit further and looked at some of the previous guests on Glasgow. I should say there's 93 episodes waiting for you if uh, you want to do it. And he's had too many people to mention now, but do go and check it out. You get it wherever you get your podcast from. I will say I recommend going to the YouTube version of Glasgow podcast because there is footage there of the live show with Graham Armstrong. I'm going to play you two new releases in a row now from two of Scott Swahey's favourite artists, starting with the latest single from Corto Alto. This is EJS.
First of those two was Corto Alto and EJS, and that is the latest release from his forthcoming album, Bad With Names. 
Koto Alto is the brainchild of award-winning multi-instrumentalist, composer and producer Liam Shortall. He's a man who's played with many other bands, great bands as well, and who has some fantastic musicians on that album. To say it is eagerly awaited is a huge understatement. And then you heard Katie Gregson McLeod, the latest from Katie Gregson McLeod called Guestless. And it's interesting to read over on our website that three of our main inspirations include Tim Minchin, Phoebe Bridgers and Leonard Cohen, a fantastic collaboration. I think when you listen to our music, you can hear all three of them in there. We return to our featured album, which is Quitters Monument Road. And from it, this is Sword Fights.
and that was Sword Fights by Quitter, taken from our featured album this week, which is Quitter's Monument Road. And Quitter is the lo-fi alt-singer-songwriter project of Glasgow's Kenny Bates. And I can't tell you how much I love this album. It's just fantastic. If you like what you've heard and you want to find out more, I suggest you go over to quittermusic.bandcamp.com where you can pick up a copy of the album for yourself. You will not regret it, I promise you. Now it's time for a pick of the gigs for the coming week. And the first one I'm going to mention is Constant Follower and Rick Redbeard. The rarely seen these days Rick Redbeard and they're going to be at the Glad Cafe on Tuesday the 3rd of October. On Wednesday the 4th through in Edinburgh at the Voodoo Rooms, the Countess of Fife is in town, supported by the fabulous Tenement and Temple. That'll be a great night. And on Thursday the 5th, it's the welcome return of Warren McIntyre's Seven Song Club as part of the Americana Glasgow Festival that will be going on as well next week. It's going to be on at the CCA in Glasgow. It used to be on at the Tron, so don't get confused. And it's going to feature the Hellfire Club, Anton O'Donnell from Anton and the Colts, and the Fine Draw. The idea is that they will each perform seven songs, and it's great to have the Seven Song Club back. It's one of the best music nights out around. Saturday the 7th of October is the day of Tenement Trail in Glasgow. Far too many people for me to mention here. I'll just say that some of the headliners are Circa Waves, Bems, The Big Day, Lizzie Reed, Swim School, Voodoos and Walt Disco. It's across various venues, including Glasgow Barlands, Barland 2, St Luke's, The Winged Ox, Bad, uh, Van Winkle, and there'll be others which have yet to be announced. The best thing to do is go over to tenementtrail.com and find out all about it for yourselves. And on the same night of the 7th, back at the Glad Cafe in Glasgow where we started, New International will be on stage, supported by Chiara Berardelli. Always great to see New International, one of my favourite bands. And that is the pick of the gigs for this week. Now, I'm afraid we've only got time for one more before we have to say cheerio. It's a song called Heart of the Sea by the band Coolin taken from their EP Songs of Saints and Reavers, which came out just the other week. This is Heart of the Sea.
That was Coolin and Heart of the Sea, taken from their EP Songs of Saints and Reavers, which is out now. And that's all, folks, for another week. This has been the Scots Wahey Show, and I've been Ali Braidwood. If you missed any of the show or would like to listen again, head to canglenradio.org forward slash listen again, or you can go over to scotswahey.com where we've got all the old radio shows waiting for you and a whole lot more. Next on Cam Glenn is Paul Puppet's Spangled Show. And I hope we can all catch up next Sunday at 7 o'clock to do it all over again. Now I'm going to leave you with a song from the ethereal Catherine Joseph. This is Until the Truth of You. Take care, have a great week, and I'll see you soon.
Friday 29th of September, Camblin Presents Live Gigs are back in our venue in number 18 Rutherglen. Get your tickets for an evening of live music featuring Bunkhouse, Local Authority, and Human Renegade. Early bird tickets are £8 plus booking fee or £10 at the door. We have a licensed bar, so strictly over 18s only. Doors open at 7pm. Just search for Cam Glenn Presents on Eventsbrite or go to our Facebook page. Cam Glen Radio. Community announcements. Voluntary Action South Lanarkshire are looking for volunteers for their new Home From Hospital service. The service aims to help people being discharged from hospital who live alone to pick up medication and basic groceries in immediate days after being discharged. To find out more, call 01698 300 390 or 07840 854 187. So that's 01698-300-390 or 07840-850-187. NHS Lanarkshire's Way to Go classes can help you lose weight and help keep it off. The classes are on in Eastfield Leisure Centre on a Thursday at 5pm or a Sunday at 2pm. The classes include weight tracking, tips for eating more healthily and some exercises. If you're going for the first time, you should meet the instructors half an hour before who can be contacted on 0141 642 9500. And finally, Project 31's pop-up play sessions are back in Fernbury Meadows and suitable for children aged up to 12 years old. They are on every Saturday from 1 to 4pm. Join them for games, outdoor activities, sports and arts and crafts. All children must be accompanied by an adult and dressed suitably for the weather. I'm David Cuthbertson and that's your community announcements on 